Okay, so last year I read a book called The Brave Learner by Julie Bogart. It's a popular homeschool book. I really did enjoy it. It gave me a lot of insight and a lot of excitement actually about homeschooling. And in there she talks about this beautiful friend that they had while they grew, grew up and were homeschooling their kids. And they would go over to this friend's house and her house had this art table that had all kinds of different things to create on it. And she had it out in her house permanently. It was a table that the kids could go and the kids' friends when they came over and they could just go make whatever they want. And so I actually did try that for a little bit. I had like stuff that I would, I had bins and I would just bring the art bins on the table and my kids, I just say, go make something. And they loved it. And it usually ended up in a terrible mess. And usually those bins are brought out so left less often now. But I was so inspired by the story of how this mom just, she cared so much about her kids' creativity and, and just that welcoming atmosphere that her kids could come and do something of their own initiative that she was willing to sacrifice a clean house for it. This is another Dwelling Logs podcast. I am Bonnie. I am a Jesus lover, farmer's wife, and second generation homeschool mom. I was homeschooled from kindergarten all the way, all the way to grade 12. I have three kids and I started Dwelling Logs to share things from my life and my heart that will encourage and help other moms and facilitate the foundational building blocks for our homes, kids, our parenting. And today I want to continue talking about the tools that we have for homeschooling. So today is episode number three on a series of uh, homeschooling tools that we have in our so-called tool belt. And today I really want to talk about atmosphere. It is free for everybody. Atmosphere is something that we can totally think about, be conscious about, facilitate. Um, so the atmosphere is an envelope of gases surrounding the earth or another planet, but that is not the atmosphere we're talking about today. We are talking about the pervading tone or mood of a place, situation, or work of art. Let me read that. The pervading tone or mood of a place, situation or work of art. So obviously the first place that you think of of a homeschooling atmosphere is of course the home. So I had a couple thoughts on that. Um, on the coattails of kind of my community talk last time, I wanna talk a little bit. Part of our atmosphere of our home is the community of our home. And that ties into sibling relationships and it ties into our family relationships. Now there are no other people out there other than homeschoolers who have as many hours in a day as we have with our children, Monday to Friday, all through the day. Everyone else who's sending their kids to public school or daycares or whatever, they simply do not have the hours in the day that we have in, in the day, which is beautiful for relationships. Yes, I have Christian family friends who send their kids to public school and they, I would say, have a great relationship with their kids, but they simply don't have the time that I get to have. And it is a blessing and a privilege. We should never take it for granted, but that is definitely part of the atmosphere in our home is our time that we get to spend together. And we get time, more time, in our home atmosphere than anybody else. Praise the Lord. So um, my family relationships, I have one sister and we're three and a half years apart. So if we would have been placed in school, we probably would have gone to different schools, been in completely separate school experience for that nine hours a day. But instead we were homeschooled together. Um, my mom did put my sister into junior high in grade seven for one year into a Christian school. She was a little scared of that junior high level and it was a complete regret. Uh, we went back, she went, came back to homeschooling in grade eight. So I did have one year where I 
experienced a separation from my sister, which was incredibly hard, I have to tell you. Um, but I have a very close relationship with my sister. I always have, and it's closer now probably than ever, even though we're busy and we live two provinces away, but we phone each other and have good three or four hour phone conversations. Um, the ties with my parents are very close. I can tell my parents anything. We talk heart to heart. We're deep conversationalists. Our family has always been a deep family. Let's talk about our feelings and emotions and think about things very deeply. And um, we are uh, not so much an argumentative family as much as a debating family, which can kind of get on my husband's nerves sometimes. <laughs> it's like, oh, you guys are always debating stuff. But we just, we have a comfort zone there where we can talk for hours about something or one subject and it's interesting, it's intellectual, we share opinions, we don't always come away agreeing, but it's, it's just part of what we do, what we've always been able to do. It's like the freedom of speech almost in the home, the openness that we've always had with each other, which is strange to, to my husband. And so I, not every home can have that. And I, I have a great relationship with my parents. I talk to my mom almost every day. Uh, we encourage one another. I'm 30, I'm almost 32. I'm almost 32, you guys. Uh, and my relationship with my mom in the friendship side has just blossomed. Like we've always had a friendship, but now that I'm older, I just feel like that is just totally blossoming right now. And when you have, uh, you know, part of our atmosphere in our home are times like like meal time, an intentional time with family, you know, supper time. We don't always do like all our meals together, but on Sundays we have pancakes every Sunday and that's our like family time together and we have supper time together. Unless daddy has to work late. Sometimes Fridays he's home late. But but that is our time together to share. Um, if the kids eat really fast and they want to be excused, we usually say, well, not until everyone's at least had one helping and eaten it because we want that time at the table to be a time of sharing and caring for one another, to talk to each other about each other's day. Uh, maybe even just to joke and be silly with each other too. Uh, not always, you know, stoic and serious. Um, but it, it can be really intentional time. And I think nowadays, if we don't if we're not intentional about our time together in our home with our family, it can very easily slip away. Uh, nowadays, you could be all in the living room and not spend at all time at all together because we have so many screens, devices, phones, tablets, TVs, and when those are turned on, there's a disconnect. Now, we have family movie night every Friday, and I love it, and I count that as family wonderful time together. I love it. Um, but it isn't the same as a family games night where we're laughing and joking and being silly and, and learning and, and, you know, having fun with one another. Uh, and that's also not the same as our long car rides where we're all talking together or singing together. And that's different than, um, than our meal times when we're visiting around the table talking about each other's days. So I think that there needs to be an effort from us to be conscious about those family times and to make sure that we make space in our atmosphere for those intentionally, not accidentally. And an environment is, is a huge part of that. So part of our home, I mean, we call it an atmosphere. You could also call it environment. I wrote down what the definition of environment was. Surroundings and conditions to operate. So um, anyway, so your environment is obviously what you're surrounded with from day to day as a homeschool family is it in your home. And uh, there's some different things here. So everybody's home is gonna look a little different. Um, let's talk about the homeschool room. I have a homeschool room. We don't ever do school in it. 
Um, it's a good place to put away my books and put away kind of the mess <laughs> or printers in there. Um, so homeschool rooms are great and if you use them, great. Uh, they don't need to be. Don't think that you can't homeschool because you don't have a space for it because um, before a homeschool room, uh, my, my school was in a shelf, in a tiny shelf beside my kitchen cupboard and we schooled on the, on the table. We still do the majority of our schoolwork and worksheets on the table or on a clipboard on the couch. Um, in the summer, we'll be outside on the trampoline. Growing up, uh, there's a few different kind of transitions. When I was in kindergarten, I remember doing a lot of school sheets, like worksheet school at the table. Um, in grade three, I went through a phase where I really wanted to go to school. I was just begging my parents, please let me go to school for grade three. And uh, actually that was the year that my sister went to uh, her, went to junior high. And so anyways, so I just, I, I was really having a hard time this year. I had made some friends who went to the Christian school and I just really wanted to go. Um, and so my mom actually found an old school desk and she brought it into the kitchen. And then, so I did my school at the school desk for that whole year and I loved it. It was like, I felt so special. I was like, oh, it's like real school. I get to like put my stuff in the cubby and get my pencil case. And, and you know, my mom would sometimes buy us backpacks and things that like you really need when you go to school. But she was trying to, to make my environment something that was enjoyable and and help like worked with me you know got my feedback and tried to be really conscious of how she could help me enjoy homeschooling um now i have to say it was mostly just for that one year um for struggling if i really wanted to go to school or not but, but yeah i remember that happened <laughs> one year and as i got older um so in middle school we actually moved houses and we had space in our office to have a countertop installed which my dad installed and that was our school desk. I had one side, my sister had the other. And so we did have a school room, an actual school room for that, I guess it was almost two or three years we were there. And we did actually do most of our school there. Sometimes we'd bring it down to the kitchen if we needed mom to help us with something. Uh, but a lot of our work was starting to get very independent. And so we, we would be at the school room a lot. We had good light in there and it was really enjoyable. Um, moving into high school, uh, I pretty much was on my own and with me and my books to learn all my stuff for high school because it was a little over my, my parents' head. And so I, I had to be all very self-motivated to to make my own environment and atmosphere. And I remember oftentimes when I had to do my science, I would oftentimes go outside and we had this, my parents had this wonderful um, flower bed. It was like a kidney or peanut shaped flower bed out in our backyard with this huge huge boulder rock in it and the rock had like a flat space with one little area that kind of went up and it was like a perfect seat and so I'd go out there with my science books and I would just like sit in creation while I did my science and I got fresh air and you get me off the sleepy couch you know <laughs> and uh, and it was really it was really a matter of me trying to find where I could work the best and so that was definitely um, you know something that's really cool you're not bound to a table a table's fine you know if you're if you're you're that type of person who you, you know your kids want good blood flow and concentration maybe you need the table um, but just know that you're not bound to a schoolroom you're not bound to a table you can go outside um, you can you know make a fort take flashlights inside a tent and do do schoolwork in there so there's definitely a lot of different environments within your home that can help your atmosphere so environment is almost more physical atmosphere is almost something that you can't really see it's the mood and the tone of it right so 
Anyway, so I think that that's really important to remember. And for your kids to take ownership, listen to your kids, give them a choice. Hey, do you want to work on the coffee table? Should I get the beanbag chairs and we can go sit there this morning? Or do you want to go work on the kitchen table? You know, um, or, or, you know, just helping them have involvement in the choices that you're making for your atmosphere and your environment, because that's going to help them take ownership of it. And it's going to help them as they get older and they get more independent. It's going to help them take ownership and be able to create their own, their own atmosphere that they're going to need. You know, part of us as homeschoolers, we are teaching our kids how to learn. Uh, we are preparing them for the adult world or the college or university world, if they so choose that, knowing how to learn. And part of that is learning how they need their environment and atmosphere to be. Um, because, you know, everybody kind of learns a little different. And so if they can start to take ownership of that, if you can help them take ownership of that when they're little, then it'll follow into their older grades as well. And I mean, I know everybody's got a different situation. If they got little kids, if they got teenagers, everybody's got a different situation. Um, something else about your, your homeschool atmosphere that I find is a big deal is, especially having little kids. So my oldest is six and a half. And one thing that I find is, is a real game changer is when we start the day with Bible. And I, I have, I've heard of other people post that before, like, oh, you gotta start the day with Bible, otherwise the whole day's a wreck. You know, whatever, you can take that or leave that. But there is something amazing and wonderful about doing Bible uh, before you start your day. And even if your day is a wreck, at least you did Bible. At least you spent time in God's word and you talked about it. Like sometimes if, if we do Bible and then, you know, half an hour into our school or worksheets, we got tears and everything else, maybe the rest of the day is a schmoz, but, but at least we got that first wonderful morning time in and we dedicate our brightest minds to it. We often actually, we usually do Bible over breakfast. So we do breakfast and Bible at the kitchen table where I read and talk while the kids eat. And then if there's any work that they need to do, copy work or anything like that, then they do that after they finish their toast or whatever. But that is something that's really significant. Um, another thing we do, I have littler kids. Um, again, I can't speak a whole lot as a parent of high schoolers. I was a homeschool high, high schooler, so I have that, that thing in my mind of, of that experience. But as a mom of, of smaller kids, another great thing that we do is we start our day with our morning basket and we start our day with cuddles on the couch. So, I mean, usually it's either Bible or cuddles first, um, but usually like once it's table time, once it's breakfast time, we have Bible there. Uh, and then either just before that or just following that, we'll do morning basket, which basically has our library books in it. It has our reading books. It's our time to just wake up slowly, cuddle with each other and just, sit on the couch and do school and you can get a lot done in your morning basket actually for your different subjects especially science and history and things like that um, things that aren't worksheets uh, we kind of do in our in our morning basket and it's it's a really precious time and it can be viewed to the kids as not school it's not the hard part in the day and so you can change things up like that nothing that not everything has to be sitting up and paying close attention and even when your kids are older you can read them their science or history lesson. Even if they are at an age where they can be independent, if they're just dragging their feet, if they're struggling, if their atmosphere just seems like daunting and hard every day, take them to the couch, pull them over with their science book and say, I'll read your, I'll, I'll read your lesson today. Just sit and cuddle with me. Mommy will read it. Even if they're like in junior high, <laughs> high school, I would have loved it if my parents would have read to me all my lessons in high school. I would have, I would have loved it. I was the youngest, so they would have had time. My sister was already out of the house. I was the last one. So <laughs> um, anyways, the other thing and kind of my last bigger point that I want to talk about today is 
attitudes. So attitudes are huge. And when we think of attitude, we right away think of bad attitude. We right away think of our kids and those drag their feet days or those grumpy days. Sometimes it's the crying days. You know, kids have attitude and it is just a daily thing. We can't help it. It's going to happen. And so when you're talking about attitudes though, and you're thinking that way, I want us to step back for a minute and remember we got our kids attitudes over here and we got our attitudes over here and so often as parents we're like so done with your attitude we just hate it and would you please change it whereas like we're not looking in the mirror right here we're not looking at our own face and be like wow my attitude stinks and i've always taught my children that attitude is a choice that they can change it if they choose to and i believe that for myself but i also have to practice it myself if I'm always getting after them about their attitude and that they better smarten up and change it, they need to know how to change it. They need to see it modeled. So if I can change mine and they can see that I can change mine, they will copycat it. Like actually this morning when I said to my kids, do you wanna work at the coffee table or do you wanna work at the kitchen table? They chose the coffee table. We're not allowed to have milk in the living room because there's been so many spills. My oldest son, he got milk, he put it on the living room, uh, the living room table and then he started to push the couch towards the table because he wanted to be comfy while he worked. And he's kind of getting frustrated with the couch because it's heavy and he's six and a half. So he's like, <clears throat> and he's starting to really have a bad attitude. And sure enough, doesn't he smack the coffee table? The milk spills and I'm like, okay, you guys, you know that you're not supposed to have milk here. Get this milk to the kitchen table. Get your work to the kitchen table. If you want to work here, there's no milk. You want milk, you got to go to the kitchen table, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, and then I, he was really getting a really frustrated attitude while I was speaking to him and kind of reprimanding him. And I said, you need to change your attitude. And my youngest son, my four-year-old son was like, well, mom, you too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, me too. And so I said, you know what? Let's reset. We can set the reset button on this day. Let's start again. And I changed my attitude. And I said, you guys, all right, fresh start here. And they copied me. Now, imagine your imagine in your minds right now an awful homeschooling day when you have fighting or tears or things just aren't going the way. Imagine if you had the capability or the tool to say, okay, we're going to reset. And if mom and the kids could really honestly reset their attitudes and turn that awful day into a brand new start. Imagine if you had that tool. It is possible, but we have to model it. If we don't model it, our kids won't learn how to do it and you'll never get out of the rut. So I think it's really important that we as parents model our attitude our attitudes and our, our ability to change our attitudes. There's no per perfection here. I still get upset but I need to model the ability to change it once that consciousness sets in <laughs> and the ability to say sorry, the ability to change my attitude and say, you guys, I was wrong. I got upset. Let's start afresh. I'm sorry. You know, like apologize, just humble yourselves, you know? And if, if, if that's really hard to say, cause you just want to be that authority figure, authority figure to your kids all the time, pray about it. Pray for humility because we need that in our homeschool, in our environment, to create the atmosphere that we need in our homeschools for our kids. 
And this is advice, you guys. This is advice I think that's totally applicable no matter what your homeschool style. It, you know, going outside and doing child-led things and kids taking ownership, that's very like unschooling language, uh, which it totally could be. But it's also stuff that is beautifully paired with a traditional homeschooler with the schedule for 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock in their planner and the table time. And it's beautiful for the Charlotte Mason homeschooler and the Montessori homeschooler. And so I think that there's so many ways that we can implement this no matter your homeschool style. So I'm gonna wrap this up, this episode about atmosphere. I hope it was encouraging to you. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I will link them below if you're on YouTube. If you're on the podcast, just go back. The previous two episodes to this will be the other tools I've talked about. There was community and the first one was curriculum. And so I have probably, I have one more episode in this series planned. Uh, and that will be on my next podcast post. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful homeschooling day and a great homeschooling week. And I pray that you are conscious or try to make an effort to be conscious of the atmosphere and how you can help it in your home and help it be just a wonderful atmosphere with a good environment, with the ability to change attitudes when needed. And I just, I just pray that you guys will just have a wonderful homeschooling week. And I hope this was really encouraging and helpful to you. We will talk to you later. Bye.